Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Tuesday, happy Two Bell Tuesday. Welcome to a very special edition of Breakfast with Kent for Tuesday, August 22nd, 2023, brought to you by the great people at the Hoosier Hardwood Festival. You've got lumberjack competitions, you've got chainsaw carvings, you've got live auctions, you've got silent auctions, you've got all kinds of great stuff at the Hoosier Hardwood Festival. Unbelievable. I go every year. You'll think it's awesome. I buy stuff there. I watch guys do work with wood that is just unbelievable. It's at the Boone County Fairgrounds. You will absolutely love it. Friday, Saturday, Sunday, going to be fantastic. We will show you this afternoon some of the bounty that I have received out there in auctions. It's awesome. Uh, Obviously, we're going to talk about Jonathan Taylor today. That's the topic. Jonathan Taylor is seeking a trade out of Indianapolis. He has received permission from the Indianapolis Colts to find a partner that can satisfy both Jonathan Taylor's needs and the Indianapolis Colts' needs. And we'll talk about the likely end to this drama, which may actually never end. That's what we're going to talk about today. Make sure you subscribe to this channel and two big brains, because I got to tell you, I already checked. I know it's we do it for dramatic effect every morning. And, and this morning, I already knew that we did not receive a jersey. And now we've got a looming UPS strike. So <laughs> if they don't put on a new contract, it may never be delivered. What? All right. Uh, also, like the video, because it's the polite thing to do. <clears throat> Excuse me. I'm overwrought over this Jonathan Taylor drama. And... Uh, If you want to make a donation, ask a question, make a comment, absolutely feel free to do that. Let's talk about Jonathan Taylor. Let's talk about the Indianapolis Colts. How all of this, Jonathan Taylor, healthy, is one of the best running backs in the NFL. The Colts are in dire need of a running back. That this is not going to resolve by Jonathan Taylor returning to the Indianapolis Colts is hard to believe for a variety of reasons. And we will talk about those reasons. Um, I, I, but I just don't understand how a, a, a well-run operation allows this to happen. Maybe this is going to culminate in, in a return like Lamar Jackson to the Baltimore Ravens. Lamar Jackson was really, really cheesed, said he wanted to trade, wanted out, blah, 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 blah. Didn't work out. So here, the, the Indian, what do we know? 
The Indianapolis Colts want a first-round pick or assets that equate to a first-round pick in return for Jonathan Taylor. So Jonathan Taylor, his agent, I, I would guess, is picking up the phone and calling NFL GMs and saying, hey, are you willing to pony that up? By the way, we need 13 to $16 million in average annual value to a contract extension that Jonathan Taylor will sign to play for your team. Is there anybody in the NFL psychotic enough to pony up that kind of cash and that kind of trade return in order to get a running back with a bad wheel, with potentially a bad back, and who is emotionally overwrought? Does that exist? I can't believe it does. You've got 31 potential stops for Jonathan Taylor. Uh you can feel what's coming, and that's that somehow he's either going to return to the Indianapolis Colts or he's going to try to play hardball with the Indianapolis Colts, and and the Colts are going to designate him, you know, uh, on the non-football injury list, and that would be terrible for Jonathan Taylor. It'd be terrible for the Indianapolis Colts. Nobody wants this. There are too many guys who are asking out. Naheem Hines, Stephon Gilmore, now Jonathan Taylor. What is going on with the Colts where they have become kind of the pox of the NFL, the, the team that people do not want to play for? I just don't understand it. The Colts have Jonathan Taylor still in his rookie contract, final year of the rookie contract at $4.3 million. Next year, of course, they would franchise tag him at about $11 million. The next year, they could franchise tag him again at $13 million. This is what you do with running backs. That's what the running back position is. Jonathan Taylor wants to be paid like a wide receiver. Wide receivers last until they're 30. Running backs last until they're about 27. That's the way football works. Is it fair? What's fair? Who's talking about fair? Deserves got nothing to do with it. The Colts and Taylor are in this mess, and I'm not quite sure how we got there but it is a managerial malfunction that caused it. You, you, if you've got an employee who is upset but is of great value, you find a way to make the employee happy within the kind of subset of financial circumstances you find yourself in. That's what you do. And this is not what's happened. And whether this is on Jim Irsay or whether this is on Chris Ballard, I don't know. But it, And it's also obviously on the very, very petulant Jonathan Taylor. This isn't a good look. It's not a good situation. And the Colts fans deserve better. People forget about the fans. We, we talked yesterday on Two Big Brains. Dan Dockich and I had a good discussion about whether Shane Steichen should have told fans on Thursday last week that Anthony Richardson wasn't going to play in the preseason game, only preseason game, at Lucas Oil Stadium. I said he should because fans deserve to know what they're going to go watch. If you're, if you're showing up at Lucas Oil Stadium to watch Anthony Richardson, you should know whether he's going to play or not. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. 
Dan says that Steichen is under no obligation, moral or uh, financial or, or in any other direction, to notify anybody about his plans to play somebody. But keeping somebody healthy, keeping a player like Richardson healthy, is absolutely fundamental to the success of the football team and everything that needs to be done in order to guarantee that health should be done. And playing in a preseason game is not worth the return on investment. The risk does not equal the reward. The risk outweighs the reward. I get that. But the fans deserve something. If you're going to part with a couple hundred bucks to go to a game, parking, concessions, tickets, take your kid, that kind of thing, you're going to want to know who you're going to see play. And I completely understand that argument. That That's a rational argument. However, fans deserve some consideration as part of the formula for a team's success or failure because they're fundamental to it. That's how teams make money, and it's how the league makes money. Treating the fans with a little bit of respect in this whole thing, understanding that the fans are, are a part of this formula, is kind of important. And Dan makes another good point, and that's that winning is absolutely the thing. If you win, trust is inherent. If you lose, trust is going to win. We wouldn't be in this position if the Colts hadn't been 4-12-1 last year, 9-8 and the previous year, not going to the playoffs since 2020, not winning a playoff game since 2018, and not going to an AFC championship in 2014, and not winning a season opener since 2013. The Colts have got to find a way to win to satisfy the fan base and to justify their seeming indifference to the fans. That makes sense. What this, what's going on with Jonathan Taylor, who's a guy who was on the big screen at Lucas Oil Stadium an awful lot for a guy who's outgoing, right? For a guy who's on his way out, he was on that big screen forever and a day on Saturday night. PJ says if Taylor is gone, then uh, does this guarantee the Colts another top five draft pick next year? I don't think so. I don't. I still think that they are a five to nine win team, high end nine, low end obviously five, and then the middle is seven. I still think that they are that. I I haven't counted on Jonathan Taylor for this year because physically I'm not sure whether he's going to be ready to play football. He hasn't been so far. He didn't pass his physical. What did he? Not pass his physical because the team is playing fast and loose with rules in order to give Jonathan Taylor cover in that he doesn't want to compete for the Indianapolis Colts? I don't know. Can you trust anything that comes out of this organization? This is the thing. It takes a long time to build trust equity, and it takes a moment to lose it. When have the Colts been kind of upright and honest about employee dealings? When, when was the last time that happened? I don't know. Like they, we, we have a, a fundamental issue with this franchise on an almost Olympic schedule. Every four years, 2019, two weeks before the season, Andrew Luck retires kind of out of left field, at least according to what we heard running up to that from both Andrew Luck and the Indianapolis Colts. This year, all of a sudden, what are we, 19 days out from the uh, opener, 
we get word that the, the, the star running back who ran for 1,811 yards two years ago is not interested in playing for this team anymore, and so the team has granted permission for him to seek a trade. What is going on? What kind of operation is this? Who's pulling the strings behind the scene? Is it Jim Ursay? Is it Chris Ballard? Who? Who is responsible for the abdication of, of great talent? A guy just walking away at the age of 29, which is without precedent, and then a guy at the age of 24 saying, I don't want to come back, I'm going to seek a trade. The solution to this and what is most likely to happen is that Jonathan Taylor comes back to the Colts with his hat in his hand because nobody wants to pay what the Colts need to get to, to send him elsewhere, and nobody wants to pay ta Taylor at the level he feels he deserves to play football. Why would anybody pay Jonathan Taylor 13 to $16 million a year to be a running back, like I said, with a bad wheel, a potential bad back, we don't know, and emotionally overwrought without any training camp work whatsoever? Why would anybody want to pay him at the level he wants to be paid? Much less give the first round value to the Colts. It would take a psychotic general manager, and maybe there's one out there, who would say, you know what, I'm in. We'll take a chance. Running backs really are the future of the league. Who's thinking that? Nobody. He's under contract, $4.3 Why would anybody pay him more? This is a pretty tight fraternity uh, of owners. It would be really interesting after Jim Ursay kind of stu stuck his neck out a little bit to sort of take the lead among owners and say, look, this is the way the CBA works, and it works this way for a reason, and we are not going to deny ourselves the cover financially provided by the CBA. It was negotiated between the owners and the, and the union, and it is what it is. And what it is is 4.3 this year, 11 million next year, and 13 million the following year. And that's Jonathan Taylor's lot in life. If, if he doesn't want to work for $28 million over the next three years, I guess he doesn't have to. He can put that Wisconsin degree to use and see what he can make out in the private sector and not playing football. Is there a football team out there that wants to pay him at that level above and beyond his value, his current contractual value, his CBA value next year as a franchise tag guy? Saquon Barkley got an extension but it's, it's not what Jonathan Taylor is looking for. Would you rather have Saquon Barkley or Jonathan Taylor? It's a fundamental, easy question. Either Jonathan Taylor is getting absolutely terrible advice, or he has somehow an inflated sense of self in terms of his own value. I'm not sure which, but it isn't working for Jonathan Taylor. It isn't working for the Indianapolis Colts. There is drama where there should be none. There should be just blind-ass hope for this season. And let's get going. We got 19 days. We got three days to the last preseason game. And all we have is drama in Indianapolis. And I've had it up to here with drama. Let's play football. Cubs won last night. 7-6, to six, they beat the Tigers. Good, they're two and a half back in the National League Central. Let's celebrate some birthdays, shall we, on this Two-Bell Tuesday. Uh, John Seneff, happy birthday. Brian Cranfield celebrating a birthday. Tina Candido, happy birthday. The great Ryan Phillips, 
who I hope is okay after all of the uh, the stormage in San Diego. Blair Englehart, happy birthday. The great Greg Browning, happy birthday. Philip Henderson, Joanna Lynn Taylor, Floyd Keith, and Tyler Muir, happy birthday. If today's your birthday, you celebrate like hell. If it's not your birthday, you celebrate somebody else that's best done with an honest and specific compliment. Be good to each other. Lift each other up. If you got an employee issue, deal with it. Be, be a decent human being about it. And if you're an employee who's not necessarily happy, you know what? Find a way to be happy. Realize that there are a lot of people out there who have a lot less and, and their lot in life is not great right now. And that's really what Jonathan Taylor has got to be able to do. He's got to empathize a little bit with the fans who wear his jerseys and understand that earning $4.3 million is not a death sentence. It's not horrifyingly uh, short of value. It's still, I get other people make more money, but that's a hell of a lot of money. JT's in a win-win. Either he plays after getting nothing or we get nice picks. Oh, is a win-win. Uh, what are, what are nice picks going to do for you? Second round pick this past year, and we don't know what's going to go on with, with Juju Brents, but Juju Brents, Rocky Seen, Ben Banigou, Kamoko Ture, all, weren't they all second round picks? So is JT. So is Michael Pittman Jr. So is Shaquille Leonard. So is Braden Smith. So if you get a second round pick, it's about 50-50. You're going to get a pile of nothing. So... Uh, nice picks. It depends on who's doing the picking.